0: Vivia Cuido is an official skincare partner of Miss USA. You do sometimes. Ta-ran.
1: Hi.
2: Hello. The eight
1: o'clock? Oh my gosh. Um, good evening everyone. It's good another evening. Thursday and it's time for another Who is SoCal episode, right? Kuya Ed, Kuya Arvin. Yes, Ati
3: Magandang magandang lalaki po kami sa lahat. Ay, good <laughs> evening. Eh kasi si Pogi, kasi Kuya Armin ang Pogi. Kaya napas namin sa Pogi. Umibili Good
1: evening, ko. everybody. um And so if you're watching live, hashtag live. If you're watching the replay, hashtag replay. And tonight, Kuya Ed, mga bigatin talaga yung kasama natin ang ngayong pigat. gabi.
3: Hindi ko mabuhat sa bigat. Matitindi <laughs> to. Todo yeah. na
1: po. Yan. Matitindi talaga yung mga kasama natin tonight. Yes. And syempre, lahat sila, kaibigan ni Kuya Ed.
3: No, eh. Kaibigan ko, kaibigan mo rin. Yan, no. yeah.
1: Yeah, Yan mga musikero ang ating mga kasama, right? Yan,
3: pinatatanggal pa. umpisahan na natin. Yan, na natin.
1: Pero bago lahat, syempre, gusto natin pasalamatan ng ating mga sponsors, katulad ni... Olivia Keto Co. Um, yes. Olivia Keto Skincare and Med Spa, and we have Love Alvarez of JJ Cuisine. They make Lechon Belly.
4: Um, we have
1: Claire Bella of UV Care USA. They make um, sanitizers um, and portable sanitizers, which is really timely for this time because we're still in the middle of a pandemic. And we have um, Johanna Kempsky of resume writer to the rescue. So that's her right there. Um, she's the resu- resume hero. Um, and also we have Dave Pabale of experiment number 12. Um, and we have James Madamba of Unique Gifts by V. James. And we also have Aldrich Famisaran of VG Wellness. So um, if you're looking for health and wealth, and lifestyle change. Um, go to BG Wellness, um, they're a Philippine brand um, that offers a lot of health and wellness products. And of course, we have the Hi-Fi Hedgehog, um, which is a unique gifts and succulents gift shop. So, Kuya Ed, umpisahan na ba natin?
3: pa ba tayong pagkikwentuhan?
1: Yeah, <laughs> marami pero isama sama natin ang ating mga bisita.
3: Yeah, sama muna sila. Best yeah, of it, the best oh.
1: Yeah, huh? this is the best of the best, right? Yeah. According to Yeah, Kuya Ed.
3: This is the best, best to.
1: Yeah, I mean talagang wow. Like I I'm like really Okay, ito na. Um ba? so the first person that we have uh, is Bernard Elerin. So Bernard is a Filipino-American ethnomusicology and he's the music director for Samahan, Samahan, Filipino-American Performing Arts and Education Center, promoting Philippine cultural music with artistry and integrity and respect. And as the artistic director of the Pakaragian Kulintang Ansam, he gives workshops and private lessons on Kulintang music from the Southern Philippines. Um, and we can find out more information about Samahan at www.samahanarts.org.
4: Yes, come on Hi down. Bernard. Hello, Mustafa. Hi, how
1: are you doing?
4: I'm fine, thank you. My vision is I'm foggy. How is
1: everything si
3: going? Up. Up. <laughs>
1: So, how's everything there in San
4: Diego? (laughs) Ah, so, you know, working remotely at two community colleges. And then, you know, Samahan, we're utilizing this virtual platform to teach our dance and music classes since we're unable to gather, since we're all in Purple Tear. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the the next person we have, um, so that is so awesome, Bernard. But the next person we have, oh my gosh, like we were just talking about him earlier, and my gosh, he's like the premier jazz pianist that we know. And he's an accomplished keyboardist, and he's been playing all kinds of instruments since he was 13 years old. And he is definitely considered one of the best in the Philippines. And he even had his own show um, pre-martial law days. So yes, and um, he was um, also um, instrumental in a lot of um, scoring for a lot of films. And he also has his own band um, right now and they've been um, doing shows. And he just recently completed a show um, a couple of days ago. Um so everybody please hashtag Winston. So let's all welcome Mr. Winston Rabal. <laughs> Hi Winston.
3: The legendary,
1: the one and only <laughs> <laughs> Winston Rabal in the house. <laughs> Hello, Paul. No,
2: not really.
3: <laughs> so, um, yeah, here. Cheers. <laughs>
1: um, so. i uh, po kayo? um am so. i
2: um, the, the, the music for, for the, the, um, the latest movie of Oreo entitled um, the Best of Show After the process of editing and then uh, I'm going to record the sound and seven and then we'll put everything together.
1: That is awesome and we're going to find out more about um, our musicians processes um, a little bit later and how they create music, how they get their creative juices flowing and all of that. Um, But our next guest, (coughs) our next guest is actually (coughs) Annie Nepomuceno. She's a singer, vocal coach, concert producer and she's been on our shows three times before so this is her fourth time. Um, in our show. And as a vocalist, musical arranger, music teacher, and concert producer, Annie Nepomuceno has been actively performing and producing over a decade in Los Angeles' mainstream stages. And she has been um active um, making music and she was eight years old and so that's the thing that i remember the most um and she has also performed in musical theater appeared in, um as a regular in a tv show and has toured all over the us and canada as a session vocalist for filipino artists so let's all welcome hashtag annie Yay! Yeah, and Annie is also the president of the Filipino American Chamber of yeah. Commerce later, right Los Angeles. Yeah, so let's all welcome Annie. Hi, Annie! Hello! Yeah,
3: hello, Miss how's Beautiful! Hello, hi, Vigas!
5: Yeah. Happy
0: Valentine's
1: Day! Hi, Bernard! Yes! Hi, everyone! And of course, I make Hi, how are you? Yes, um, for everybody, we're on Mick Diaz Presents Facebook page, we're on Noise Facebook group, and also at um, Mick Diaz Presents YouTube channel. And so everybody, for those of you who are watching, please share our video to your friends and family all over the world. So how are you tooth. doing, honey? Long time have- no see. <laughs>
5: I know long time no see from since this afternoon was it
1: <laughs> right yesterday. Like
5: that often,
1: yeah.
5: Be <laughs> nice. I don't know. I have I, this is my fifth um meeting or uh, online or not really online maybe like the meeting for the day.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, so talagang busy busy si Annie sa mga meetings niya and sh- you also do online classes, right?
5: Yeah, so some of that was also part of the meeting because it's still a meeting and I can't uh talk to anyone else. So yes, I still are actually waiting for the opportunity to really do more online teaching.
1: Yeah, that is so awesome. Yeah, and it's so timely because everyone's doing that now. Like uh apparently like a lot of our guests are doing online meetings and online classes. Right? Mm-hmm. And so I- our next guest is someone who is really, really familiar in the online space and also um, with equipment, if you will. And so our next guest is Dennis Diaz. He's a musician, producer, vocalist, bassist. And he's also the founder of the Facebook of Gearheads of North America. And he is a systems engineer for a high performance data storage company called Open Drives by day. but um, he is also music director, um, music producer and lead vocalist and bassist of a band called River, and he is the owner of Cybertron Studios. So let's all welcome hashtag Dennis. Hashtag Dennis. Hey. Hi Dennis. Hey, Dennis.
6: <laughs> I, I feel like uh I'm, everybody here are are legitimate musicians. Yeah. I'm just an IT guy, <laughs> I'm just a hobbyist. I'm not
3: these people <laughs> okay lang yan okay lang <laughs> yan
1: I'm not a musician
0: <laughs>
1: I don't play any instruments I tried
0: <laughs> I tried to a long time ago <laughs>
1: so I just wanted to um, find out from everybody um, what made you become a musician Like, what inspired you to start playing and making music Anybody? <laughs> <walang gustong sumam. laughs>
5: let am start I with Walang it.
3: Walang to age, from the youngest to the oldest.
5: I'm <laughs> 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 so to i going to go? So i will just to it. I'm I'm i i um, I know Mick keeps saying this that I started since I was eight because my mom joined me in choir and then oh you have to read notes they said you know? and then, okay, so I to take piano lessons and then it was just something that I always did I guess um, I didn't even think that on was exceptional yung ginagawa. because you know, all my friends were in choir so I thought that's what everybody did. And uh, by the time I was a teenager, I already started teaching the neighborhood kids, you know. <laughs> started touring uh, with the Philippine Madrigal Singers. Uh, so going all over the world. And then before I knew it, I met my husband, who's also a professional musician. Just kept working, just got I guess. And then just kept going. It.
1: <laughs> so it really has been like yeah go ahead go ahead
4: Ako Rin, yeah my mother she got she enrolled me in piano lessons like every uh you know asian kid filipino kid your mom <laughs> take, has you take piano lessons and i enjoyed it but then um she also wanted me to be aware of my filipino heritage so at the time the samahan filipino american performing arts and education center they have a philippine dance company Arundalia, and kalintang ensemble and so uh, she wanted me to learn Rondalla music, and then eventually, wow. and then since then, I've been playing traditional Philippine music, yeah. since the age of 10. And now I have a doctorate in ethnomusicology specializing in Philippine music. So. Oh, my gosh,
1: that is I so awesome. I have a musicology degree too. Is <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah, but uh, musicology.
5: musicology and composition from UP.
4: Uh, so, UP Diliman po. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. But, <laughs> 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 Yeah. Uh, yeah,
5: and I know you worked with him on this uh, piece for the LA Philharmonic. Uh, we were there. Yeah, we attended. Yeah. Concert. Yeah, we were very proud of him.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, small world, <laughs> small world detail. Yes, it's
1: a very small world. The music industry is a very small world. Um, Mr. Winston Raval, how did you start <clears throat> um, playing and making music? And what made you be- want to become a musician?
0: Winston? Uh- <clears throat>
3: I think
2: uh, I was a Russian when I was in the womb of my mother. Yeah, uh, I was already a musician in the womb of my mother. Uh, when I came out, I, old, I started you No. Know, music then but I was already improvising and, then, and so my later she realized including my dad encouraged me to be after the actually uh family they, 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 our house was filled with music. So, uh, I grew up with music.
3: There's some technical difficulties. As you
0: know, mang Winston. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and so. Let, let's go to um. Let's come back to Mr. Winston Winston-Rabal and ask Dennis how he started and what made him want to become a musician.
6: Uh, check check. So um, it started really very early in my younger days, elementary school. Uh, my parents pretty much uh, influenced me because even if they they forced me to take piano lessons, <laughs> it was uh. in in the philippines or the culture is when you're in a group of friends you're either in a basketball team and a band if you're in a group group of friends it's much cooler if you're in a band or in a basketball team so i can't play sports so i just form a band with my friends and from then on it's always been playing in rock bands or any kind of new wave at the time and all those things but yeah what really influenced me it was really my childhood, being a musician back in the Philippines. Uh, It may just be hobbies, but it was it was a lot of fun. And my parents also was very supportive,
1: of course. Uh, that, that is so awesome. Um, so let's go back to Mr. Winston Ravel. Is there anything that you would like to add to um, why you started playing and making music?
2: Yes. Yes, me.
0: Um,
2: music was. I oh, um, wake up in the morning, I'm. The whole day I, I I never had regular uh, playing with outside uh, music. So <laughs> I grew up with music until now. I haven't stopped. Uh, I didn't work. Uh, I didn't do any kind, any work outside of music. Mm -hmm. I never
3: play just music.
0: Uh
3: All the way music,
0: huh?
1: And um, what instruments did you play when you were a kid? Who wants to go first? Anybody?
2: Well, I I, uh, I played the Uh Ah, uh, is it about me? Yeah, yeah. I played the uh, violin, cello, or ukulele. Uh, instrument it is the instrument in your years like I'm going so and playing guitar
1: see you've definitely played a lot of instruments and it's um your experience from you know since you were a kid like from playing different kinds of instruments and various kinds of music, right? Um, And so let's go with Annie. Like what what instrument did you play when you were a kid?
5: Well, aside from playing piano, we had an Indonesian gamelan set in the College of Music. So uh, in, in children's choir, I had to play it. And then when we were in college, I had to play it again because it was, there was a class uh, that had to play the Indonesian gamelan. It's very similar right. to the kulintang. However, the kulintang is a single instrument that. and you can have uh, an ensemble with other instruments. So when you say a gamelan, it's also gamelan ensemble. It's like a big gong orchestra that was housed in the UP College of Music. So when I was in choir, we aside from singing, we also danced, folk dance, and we had to play the rondalia so we would change after singing and then we would dance folk dance and then come back out and then play the uh play in a rondalia ensemble and then i would play the laud it's a bigger Mm -hmm. bigger type of uh bigger uh, string instrument than the banduria which is the one we know it was little and then i was the one who was asked to tune all of them and each one you know each string kind of had like uh each note had three strings and before you know and they're very tight and very (laughs) very thin so I would tune them all around all the instruments and then when I get to the first one I tuned, it's already out of tune because it's like, because the strings have to, to be pulled uh, really tight and you know none of the kids really played all the time you know we we're gonna take out the bandolia. so you know it gets weathered a little bit and then it gets set and then it's out of tune so that's kind of interesting but one thing I did not play which is like every kid used to play this in the college of music was the re- recorder. You know, like, I don't know why. <laughs> I had one, I never remember, I don't remember playing it. I had Did guitars when I was in high school, but I had a recorder. Like, I don't think I don't remember how to play it
1: at all. Please. I'll have to learn it. <laughs> you didn't play any kind of wind instrument then?
5: No, I played the violin for a short time. That didn't work out either.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> that is so awesome. And I'm really curious. Um, like, so, Bernard, um, what instruments did you play as a kid?
4: Yeah, well, interestingly enough, uh, yeah, aside from piano, when we were in elementary school, uh, when I was in fourth grade, uh, they play, They had us learn how to play the flutophone or the equivalent to a recorder. Okay. And then alongside like my training in traditional Philippine musical instruments, um, in junior high school or middle school, they had me playing the baritone horn or the euphonium. And then I dabbled a little bit in classical guitar. And I did that for a couple of years. And yeah. But other than that, it's been mainly Philippine musical instruments, but I did dabble in a few things here and there <laughs> at a young age.
1: Great. Let's go to Dennis. So, Dennis, um, what's your favorite um, instrument?
6: Well, when, I was, when I was a kid, it was mostly keyboard synthesizers, not really the piano. The piano was the one I was dreading, but synth. Was kind of the uh, the instrument that I'm really drawn to because of the bands at the time back in the '80s, like New Order, Depeche Mode, and stuff. And that's ah, what I really got yeah, into. Oh yeah. So I'm an absolute uh, '80s boy, but um, as I I got older, I also was um, um, drawn to the guitar. To say keyboardists are considered like the nerdy guys who nobody cares about in the band. <laughs> so it turned out, I just picked up the guitar just to kind of look cooler, to be in front of the stage instead of the back, but um, that's how, um, as far as uh, music instruments, it was really synthesizers and till this day, I am still a enthusiast or uh, kind of like a gear addict when it comes to uh, music, musical instruments, especially uh, um, synthesizers. So yes.
1: Okay. So this is a question for everybody. Um, uh, what is your, what kind of music influenced influenced you? So you, you know, a lot of you played different kinds of instruments. What kind of music um, influenced you, and what particular band or album really made you fall in love with music? Yo. No. <laughs> i could start anybody
6: yeah um first of all back in elementary school again back in the 80s it was the dawn for me jet pangan's band uh, <laughs> that was uh, pretty much uh what kind of shaped the whole entirety of my my music uh endeavors uh, it was the dawn uh and then british bands like of course the beatles
1: mm-hmm.
6: then um and then it became Metallica after that.
1: That's so awesome. So um, what's the transition to Metallica? Like what made, it, what made you, you move towards metal?
6: Um, really because I just wanted to learn how to uh, play guitar fast. Um, we're not really, my wife and I, we're not really heavy metal fans, but we are Metallica fans. And... Uh, the way to uh, keep our chops uh, up playing guitar, and because my wife plays drums, uh, I'm a very good drummer, by the way, like pro level, um, because of, of Metallica songs uh, from the 80s. Uh, mm-hmm. it, when, when we jam it, it keeps our kind of skill level up here if we we just play uh, metallic, old school Metallica song, songs.
1: That's so awesome. So let's go to Annie. What kind of music influenced you when you were growing up? And what album or band really made you fall in love with music?
5: When I was young, I just thought that Johann Sebastian Bach was the coolest guy. Like, how could you write? How could you write? And it's so fabulous. And I would sit there playing his pieces and going like, oh, my God, how did you think of all these things? I I was... (laughs) amazed by it, I didn't like to perform them. I played them for myself, that I just thought that the piece was so cool. So this was when I was young, and then when I was in high school, you'll never get who I tra- you'll never guess who I transitioned to. I was a really, really big fan of the BGS. Wow! And, uh, yeah, and time, absolutely. And at that time, because I, you know, I at that time I uh, was yung headphones, so nakikinig wow. ako sa headphones, and mm-hmm. I would hear the instrumentation. And you know, they didn't study music; mm-hmm. they, they did not. But when you listen to the records. It's like it doesn't sound like a whole big mess, <laughs> you know. There's there's good lines, there's good riffs, and I listened also to Billy Joel and Holland Notes wow. and the Manhattan Transfer, wow. and that, so I had a transition from classical going to pop rock into <laughs> vocal jazz, and then. I don't know. And then it all mayhem broke out. So
0: it's like, <laughs> it, I,
5: I can't put my finger on what I really do. But uh, in my profession, I would say my specialization is vocal music because I do vocal arrangements from a choir up to a cappella ensembles. And uh, that's usually what they would hire me uh, to do. So I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't pin myself. And I, I think my my best, uh, my good friends from the company, when they wanted a the score that needed to sound um, like, uh, they needed a score to sound classical and jazzy at the same time, they're going to ask me to arrange it. So.
1: I wonder what that's like. How do you make um, music sound classical and jazzy at the same time?
5: Uh, the chords, and uh, of course the patterns, and uh, th- that's basically how you do it. I think. What did I do? I think I make. I made a uh, rock lobster. You know the. Uh, <laughs> yeah. song. You did too,
0: huh?
5: What did I do to it? <laughs> I don't remember. Bang, what I bang, did to it. Bang, I, bang, think bang, I bang, made classical. Wow. I did classical because you know they wanted the 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 contrast. So you take the theme, the melodic mm-hmm. theme. And then you will uh, you will add the patterns that are more classical, and in and to make it more classical, you 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 will you will you will want to do <laughs>
0: stuff
5: <laughs> <laughs> <open>. <laughs> and stuff like that. So patterns, chords, I don't know. You have to take music. I can't explain. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, Atinic, music <laughs> Ati Ani.
5: Oh, schedule
1: pa ko open.
3: Oh, <laughs> I'm
1: about. Music music theory is really, really hard for me, but I'm sure like Bernard um, will find it really easy. So what um, music I, influenced you when you were a kid? You
4: know what? Taking music theory and oral training courses, it was a struggle for me, believe it or not. And then I just practice. It takes a lot of practice to recognize intervals, to sight read and, dic- and um, you know, do melodic dictation and mm-hmm. harmonic dictation. And it's just like practice until you finally get it. And ironically, I'm teaching that course right now at Miramar College, a beginning ear training course. But anyway, so I have a rather eclectic taste when it comes to music. So there's a side of me that's like, Influenced by the music that I always practice, which is rondaya, kolintang, gangza percussion. And I would have to say there were three like albums I was exposed to, uh, you know, between my between the ages of 10 and 12. So for rondaya music, I love the Bayanihan Philippine Dance Company rondaya mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, because they are so dynamic and virtuosic, and that's just my style, and it's influenced my style of playing, and then you know, I have a reputation for playing ridiculously fast, thanks to them, on the banduria. You know, <laughs> lively melodic riffs, and then for kalintong, you know, the music from my guru, the late Danny Kalanduyan, and then this early recording of Jose Maceda, the music of the Maguindanao, mm-hmm. extremely influential in like influencing how I conceptualize maguindanao kalintong music, and then there was this album called kayao about uh kalinga music and um yeah kalinga vocal music and dance and you know it just stuck with me that influenced my indigenous and like my philippine musical soundscape but honestly on a regular go-to basis i'm into hip-hop and r and and like you all i love 80s new wave and rock i have a yeah. rock <laughs> yeah, so my oldest brother was into Guns N' Roses. My yeah, and New Order, and then you know, I love some alternative from Green Day and Third Eye Blind. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah. So I have the best of both worlds. I balance, you know, being a Filipino with you know the traditional music I play, and then you know, I am an American on the opposite side of the spectrum when it comes to popular music. <laughs>
1: That awesome. is so awesome. And were your parents also um, musicians as well?
4: My mother played a little bit of piano, and then I have some uncles who were part of combo bands during their college days in the Philippines.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, was combo
4: 50s, 60s bands. So uh-huh. what's interesting? Like, uh, I have an uncle who graduated from Mindanao State University, Marawi, and he was known, you know, he had a reputation for being a part of this combo cover bands from of, like, 60s and 70s music.
1: <laughs> that yeah. is so cool. So, Kuya Ed knows a lot about combo bands, combo. right? Combo
3: A, combo B. Combo.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. And so, um, what's your favorite instrument to play? We know you play a lot of different kinds of instruments from Philippine Indigenous... <laughs> instruments to um western instruments so what's your favorite instrument to play and why
4: all of the above but you know lately my focus has been on kalintang music and i love kalintang music because it's so lively upbeat and flashy and that's the kind of music i'm into so (laughs) yeah i would probably have to say kalintang because you know it's a music you can improvise with and then you know if you know the musical vocabulary and the repertoire (laughs) taught by the master artist in the Southern Philippines. have a lot of fun with the music.
1: <laughs> and What's your least favorite?
4: Least favorite? Um, no, I don't have a least favorite because everything you know, all the instruments I've played so far, they're all unique in their own right. So, maybe the baritone horn because they just <laughs> did when I was in junior high school.
1: <laughs> <laughs> have you ever tried a tuba?
4: No.
3: <laughs>
1: oh <my God.
3: laughs> can, can you describe to us what is a kulintang for those who doesn't know what oh.
4: okay? So the kolintong is a row of eight knobbed gongs that are roughly tuned platonically.
0: <laughs>
4: yes. Melodic instrument uh oh, nice. accompanied by larger gong and drum instruments in an ensemble, and it's mainly played by the Muslim societies in the southern Philippines. Mm. And um, it, they're part of a larger gongro tradition. Like um, Ate Annie said, there's gamelan in Indonesia. And so if you look at Mindanao and in Indonesia, they're they're closer in proximity. So they have that circulation of gongro culture. So kolintang is a main melodic instrument consisting of eight knob gongs, tuned pentatonically, roughly. <laughs> mm, okay. And that's kolintang.
1: Yeah, and so let's ask Kuya Ed, What's oh, your favorite pataka. instrument to play? Because you're also a musician. And you oh. play, you
3: know, like. So, what's your favorite? Lama yeah, mo most of their stories ganun din na istorya ko actually i was forced by my parents you know you need to play the piano okay actually i don't like to play the piano umiiyak oh, pa ako sa teacher ko she's hitting my hand umiyak ako ganon ha huh? home service yon <laughs> so she comes like uh, during the weekends right tapos eh, siguro nakita ng parent ko na medyo straight timing teacher ko Eh, pinag-aaralan ko Yamaskulp Music. So just like down just, you know, from Quezon City, sa kabilang kanto may Yamaskulp Music. So weekend siya. So sa school, so they know I play piano during like there's like uh yung mga may mga event-event doon like intermission, minsan ako sinasalang doon during like halftime or whatever. Minsan may mga there's like poetry. So during break time like maybe 30 minutes, I play, right? Tapos, we have like music club at school, so I joined them. So I became also Arundalia member, that banduria, right? And then there was like a guitar club, so I'm like three of us, and I'm the lead. Yung fret pa ng gitara, ang kakapal, eh, right? Hindi manipis, acoustic ha? nylon, ganun. And then my teacher taught me how to play The Ventures, Wow! For, mm-hmm. for my age, I played the ventures, right? <laughs> so, so cool. And then there are like uh, school intercurriculum prog activities. So we travel there, travel here. Sometimes we go to student canteen with our uh, melodica ensemble, or those like piano that you blow, <laughs> like that. And then I played the plastic flute at that part. So I played all kinds, flute, rondalia, uh, the piano, guitar, mm-hmm. I think a little bit of a uh, cylindro <laughs> right, harmonica. <laughs> you know. So
1: that's my story. We di, did di yeah. and, right.
3: and then I came to the U.S. you know. like late 80s. My cousin played in a band. So when he found out I'm here, they're, they're needing keyboard player. So I have a credit card. Oh, man, instead of me paying transfer the balance, I ended up purchasing a keyboard player, a synthesizer. <laughs> so I ended up joining the band. Oh, uh, So now I got into that synthesizer too. So from then, uh, I got to the band for so many years. Hi. And that's the story of my life. <laughs> so the
1: man, what's your favorite? So you also played a lot of different... Instruments, right? Ano yung pinaka paborito mo and your least favorite? Oh, okay.
5: So my favorite when it comes to
1: instrument
5: would be oh oh, no, it's a little would be singing but i have to play the piano and accompany my students and when i was young i remembered oh i cannot remember the fingering for the scale so what do i do later when i play the vocalist i ended up playing that for forever and ever um my favorite actually was the gamelan because you know there's some satisfaction when you hit those gongs You know, and then and then you go. We played a different, way. it's a different pattern from the kulintang. I actually didn't never play the kulintang because I didn't know what the patterns were. But uh, I would play the lead. I see. I don't. I don't remember what you call the lead one. Mm. Um, I don't know, maybe because I was the most astute one. I wouldn't say I was the strongest one, but maybe because I, I could lead it more. Maybe musicality was the one that would make me. That's, so that's one of my favorites. I don't know when I'm ever going to get to play that. You have to have an entire orchestra. You don't get that instrument by itself. And I think my least, my least favorite actually was the melodica. I had one of those. A
3: <laughs> melodic.
5: I hinaled. Just got one, three notes. I'm still not hinaled. Then, it's not that nice to hinaled at the end. What are you doing here? And that long hose made it right, even harder right. to like put the breath into it. And yeah, so I had one. I, uh-huh. I didn't get to use it as much. We just played around with it.
1: And so um. And um, so, what if you, you know, like you were in an ensemble and you had to play um, an instrument, and you, you know, it's one of those things that you don't really like. Like, how do you make yourself like it to play it in a show? Oh, if you're working, you'll do it,
2: <laughs> right? So.
5: Like... Yeah, if you're working, you'll do it. And I don't think there are any strange requests anyway,
1: so far. Yeah, so um so you pretty much like play like the instruments that you like and on a professional basis, right?
5: Yeah, and sometimes like uh, with my tenure with the Philippine Madrigal singers, um I don't recall actually having to play an instrument, but usually like uh, okay, who can play this stick? Okay, here's the stick, go play it. I can't say no. <laughs> can't say no, here's another stick, hit it with that other stick, go. Yeah, they'll so, give it to you because they know you can do it. And usually it's not that not that hard. I mean, they'll, they won't give you something that you can't do. I think, you know, when right. you work, with, that's why musicians want to work with other musicians whom they know because they know what these other people are capable of. So if you you, know, you need percussion, oh, here's a tambourine, just shake it around. I mean, you're not going to give it to someone who probably won't know how to do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that
1: is so true. And um, so what kind of musicians do you like collaborating with Like, um, so Dennis, like we know you collaborate with a lot of like different kinds of people. So what kinds of musicians do you like collaborating with?
6: Oh, that's a really good question. Um, Really what I look for uh, people to collaborate with is uh, they're a good work ethic. Uh, Mm -hmm. They're very driven and really competitive. Um, And lastly, also uh, for me, at least in the genre that I do like with electronic music, I need somebody also who's technically savvy with their DAWs, their digital workstations, mm-hmm. um, and also their uh, their uh, ability to record themselves, especially with this pandemic going on. But even before pandemic, it's nice to have uh, people you collaborative, uh, collaborate with um, who are technically savvy, so it's easy to, to uh, with the technology now, you can just pass around music projects and uh, get all these... Uh, you have a, a faster turnaround with with uh getting the tunes uh finalized but yeah I, I really like what i really need to look for is uh like with work good work ethic and very competitive um if you're if you have that really and the skill um then those are the ones you have to work with yeah as, as long as they're logical and has the intelligence and yeah. and of course um, no ego Alam mo si Kuya Arvin diyan.
1: Yeah.
3: Kuya Arvin. Yes. Ko yun.
1: He's the perfect person for
3: that. By the way, ah, si Sherwinston mukha nang nagkakaroon ng technical difficulty. So,
1: yeah. so um so, so Bernard, like um, you know, you, so you're um music teacher and um, um professor, right? Um so um, and you obviously col- um collaborate with a lot of different kinds of people, not just musicians, but also your students and fellow faculty. So, what are the different types of people that you like working with or the qualities that they have? Um you know, like what qualities of do you like working with? like you know what um, yeah, what kind of people do you like working with?
4: usually like-minded individuals who have the same passion and drive as I do for the genre of music that they play and how they're open and receptive to like working within the parameters of the music I play and then you know vice versa and so yes it's also it also boils down to attitude and understanding where we're all coming from and having that mutual understanding when we work together so you know I've worked closely with Oh, you know, some gamelan um instructors who are actually my good friends and then also some other percussionists and jazz mm-hmm. musicians as well and then you know i've done a lot of work with you know choreographers who are philippine dance choreographers as well who kind of understand the genre of music that i play so again yes it all boils down to having you know musicians who have a shared mutual understanding and passion for what they do and they know their material and they're you know receptive to uh, different genres mm-hmm. uh, yeah
1: and so let's see if um winston is um ready so mong winston mm-hmm. what kind of yeah. um um so what kind of musicians do you like working with
2: yeah you know, um, my line, I would prefer to play musicians who are in the same level I am now. But uh, in my experience, a lot of them are still learning or uh, still lacking in knowledge in playing, and and so I can adapt. But the um, title I would to yeah. Or in the same level as I am in playing
0: mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, So it's,
1: it's really good that um um at least you are um you and other musicians have to be in the same level, right, in order to get that outcome that you want. Right? Um and so Um, can you tell me what your favorite performance is in your careers? So anybody?
6: I guess I could start. Yeah. Um, One of my favorites, actually it's probably the only favorite I have is my wife and I played with Metallica about 10 years ago, just uh, a few months after our wedding. Wow. Uh, We... We were contacted by Lars Ulrich, uh, cool. the partner for Metallica, because he saw our uh, our wedding video where we played a Metallica song in its entirety with with my wife playing drums. Um, it's a song about heroin addiction. Nothing to do with wedding, <laughs> and whatever. So as a, it was a Beatles theme wedding, but it was a uh, uh, you know a curveball. We had to do a Metallica song, so it's it's more challenging and a video went viral and so we had we were invited to, to play with Metallica and that performance uh, being on stage with thousands of people in the audience was the most exhilarating and very something that we'll always cherish that pretty much changed our lives a performance that I hope to uh, achieve again but this time Hopefully, you were the artist instead of the guest artist. (laughs) That
1: is so awesome. So, a number of us have seen it, have seen that video of you and your wife playing with Metallica. Um, And so, um, what has that video um, done for you? Like, did it, Um, you you were saying, like, it changed your life? Like, so what happened after?
6: We have about a thousand. Facebook friend requests from South America and Australia. Wow! <laughs> but this is a while ago. Something I could brag about maybe for a year after that. But now nobody really cares. <laughs> but it's uh yeah it sort of changed because now we have like a whole network of people that are Metallica fans uh, who became our friends. Plus until this day, we're still friends with them, and uh, it's pretty awesome. It's uh it's also when when we go see a Metallica show, uh, or when we get autographs, they remember us. They even signed up my my guitars. Uh, so it's it's really awesome. Just after that show, it kind of like we even named our kids uh, after Metallica songs. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> that is so
1: awesome. That is so awesome. So so, meron viewers, Chris siya sabi I mean
0: that
1: one event was so special, right? Like oh my gosh. Like I saw yeah, that dude, video, I was like totally blown away. <laughs> yeah, and um so let's go with um Annie. Um what's your favorite performance ever? But you didn't ask me first. I'm going like, oh, my God, I
5: cannot remember anything. (laughs) uh, Since you didn't ask me first, I was able to figure out there were a couple uh, that were most memorable. I think one that was memorable in the sense of its magnitude was that um, I I was part of the backup vocal team for the ASAP New York. When was that, like three years ago or something? Mm-hmm. This is something that we always did. I mean, I always sang back up for, for big shows such as this. However, the unique thing was that ASAP brought, of course, all the ASAP artists from the Philippines to New York. Mm-hmm. Of course, we knew uh, all the band. It's like, oh, my God, I haven't seen you in years. <laughs> because they play, uh, like Homer Flores, he would play almost exclusively for ASAP, and I worked with him a lot when I was... Uh, when I was young. And then they also brought an orchestra. So Gerard Salonga, who worked a lot with my husband being in the orchestra. And uh, they it's like, what? It's like sometimes in the Philippines, you don't even have the orchestra. Or you either you'll have only an orchestra, but not an ASAP band and an orchestra and all the ASAP artists. So... We were like what everyone's coming and i was late for the first rehearsal because of the plane delay and it's so tough anyway so that i remember too and then the most awesome thing was that we were 200 artists in one hotel Wow. So all the fans were like waiting outside, not for us. We could just like walk through. It's <laughs> no big deal. And the, But when we needed to be taken to the stadium, we were in two, two tourist bus. Yung tourist bus na malaki. Right, right. We would enter. I, I forgot the name of the stadium. It'll come to me. But when you, we cannot walk into the stadium. And we cannot walk out. We had to enter that uh, kind of like garage thing. Mm-hmm. And then the entire bus will descend inside the Coliseum. And then wow. when the two buses arrived, we didn't even know who was in the other bus, but we had to go through security. So, like, oi, ano ganto? oi, Carol, oi Joey, and you can see people, but you can't talk to each other yet. And then since the stadium was so big, we had no idea where other people's dressing rooms were. Oh my god. We would only see each other on stage. <laughs> when we go on stage, <laughs> because she wasn't singing. Mm -hmm. we didn't we only rehearsed the songs that had singing in it and then we didn't even know that there was gonna be a very long video thing this entire video wall just came down in front of us and we're like what's going on ah so we don't need to be here it covered the entire (laughs) stage and they showed something of ang provinciano do we go off or do we go on i guess we i where's the stage manager do we stay can we go pee or something or <laughs> because, we, because it's a tv show we don't usually get a very long set list if it's a tv show if it's a right. concert we get the set list and we really know what's going to play so because they, when it's a tv show they do it by segment and it's mm-hmm. like oh just stay, stay there until you're told to leave so, there was a lot of surprises in that show. So that was really a very memorable experience, a very large cast, very unique situation. And a very memorable one with me was that when I when it hit me that I was singing Magbalik Ka Na Mahal, written by Ryan kayab with Ryan kayab accompanying me in a concert. We do this. When we gather friends, Mister mm-hmm. C, tuk tuk kanema, kami ng songs niya. But I did, I hadn't realized that I really hadn't sang in front of an audience, paying audience, one of his songs
0: mm-hmm.
5: with, with just me. Because I had a singing group before, we had a trio, so we, you know, we recorded his songs. I never really sang in front of an audience with him, and with me and just him. So that was one of my memorable ones.
1: And so, um, since we're already asking you what's your memorable one, like, have you ever... So this is one question that I asked our comedians last week. Have you ever died on stage? Like, have you ever, like, had the worst performance of your entire life on stage? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Since since you already told us what your favorite, your your most memorable one um,
5: Uh, I wouldn't say it's the worst uh, performance. However, it was the, kind of like the most horrifying comedic, comedic performance. I was in costume. This was for a musical called Rama at Sita in the Philippines where we had an a baby elephant uh, one walking down the aisle. It was a big show. I was supposed to be a monkey in the next scene, but I was like an evil... Uh, evil witch thingy before. <laughs> so when we were doing the choreography in the evil witch thing with my monkey costume underneath, um, we were doing some choreography that somebody sat on my skirt. So when I stood up,
0: <laughs> yes, oh, you can
5: see my furry legs, the monkey legs. <laughs> um, and it's like, and I went like, "Oh, look at my skirt! It's lovely." Oh, why is my skirt on the stage? And then the <laughs> dancers, fortunately. You know, they made a joke out of it because there was like one of the actor uh, actors there was who's supposed to be taunting us. So she was like teasing me at the same time and putting on my skirt <laughs> at, the, at the same time. And that's I think it's that same night. It threw me off that there was a blackout after a scene, and there were like uh, like we had demons that had eyes. So it's like a runway. So when I turn around, I can see how to exit. It was pitch black. I think I got. It's like when I go why is it complete darkness so i didn't know how to edit i actually hit the wall (laughs) and somebody just i felt somebody pull me aside the lovely sheila francisco my (laughs) my co-actor and then she she pulled me aside and we were trying to laugh silently so silently so hard because we're mic day so we cannot we can't laugh (laughs) so it's like a lot of but you know i will never Never forget that.
1: that <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, so um let's see if um Mong Winston is Hi Mong Winston.
3: Parang na frozen yung
1: Hi
0: Mong
1: Winston. Okay lang
3: Okay, okay, go
2: ahead.
1: So ano ano po yung pinaka memorable performance Oh, video?
2: Okay. oh I uh, I've done hundreds of performances already um in my lifetime. So, my favorite would be playing in Vietnam with the show yeah. band. Um, yeah, we were there only to uh, experience the Vietnam War. During that time, our group was called Six Guys Who uh, came from the University of the Philippines College of Music and uh, to me, it was an awakening. I uh, I experienced war,
0: hmm.
2: and, uh, it had I have uh, matured because of that experience. Uh, or, for the GIs, you know, uh, there was one me, one, one base camp near the near North Vietnam where we stayed for a month, and every every night when the GIs come back from the front line, we would entertain them: the blacks on the left, the white on the right. <laughs> and then we would be playing soul music any kind of dance music and then in the middle they held each other and they run. and uh, uh, that's the kind of experience i uh, i had there and uh, i'm glad i went there <laughs> <laughs> and that uh, now it, <clears throat> In in a concert, I think uh, it comes to my mind was when I played at UOCS in San Francisco a few years back, maybe five years ago, and then uh, I had I played the uh, music, uh, Ilucano songs, some. Uh, originals that I uh, composed with Kulintang and Agong, you know, and we were um, well-received. I thought uh, it a very memorable experience I had. What
1: else? What's the pinaka um, yung performance nyo na pinaka an, pinaka ayaw ninyo? Was there was there any um any oh, performance that you didn't like or that you failed at on stage?
2: Well, was uh, sure that I did Chuck Berry? Uh, at the was that cultural center or uh, the other one, a folk art center?
4: Uh-huh. And
2: uh, our, our drummer was from one of the greatest uh, Filipino drummer I ever. Played. And uh, we played there for three nights, and we never got to see Chuck Berry. Yeah, oh. <laughs> um, they had the room. They had the room, just a room. I just had a room. We never got to talk to each other aside from playing. Mm-hmm. We just, we, uh, we, played, uh, we talked through music, you know, through playing music. But I didn't like that because he was a uh, snobbish. <laughs>
3: um, I don't know why. He's got a reputation also. You know. oh. Uh, mga
1: musikero,
3: ha? <laughs> <laughs> and so,
1: and so let's ask Bernard. Natin si Bernard kung anong, so what's your most memorable performance and what's the worst one? And have you ever died on stage while performing?
4: <laughs> you know, like, embarrassing moments.
1: Yeah, embarrassing moments.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Let me see. I think the most memorable one that uh, performance I've ever had was, so a year after my Kulintang teacher's passing, um, a group of my colleagues who also play Kulintang as well, they have their own uh, group. It was called House of Gongs and they formed a full, every year they started having, or every other year they started having a Kulintang Mm -hmm. festival called Gongsters Paradise.
1: That is so awesome.
4: (laughs) Yes. And so the year after my Kulintang teacher passed away, so my Kulintang teacher, the late Danny Kalanduyan, passed away in 2016. And then in 2017, my group performed. And um, prior to that, um, when he passed away, his granddaughter uh, started taking Kulintang lessons from me to continue her Lolo's legacy. Yeah, and I found out when I had dinner with her family that she wanted to learn Kalintang from her mom. Her mom told me, yeah, uh, Kim wants to learn Kalintang. And then uh, leading up to that Gongster's Paradise, we put together a repertoire and we featured her. And so that was the most memorable uh, performance that I'd ever done was you know honoring my Kalintang teacher's legacy by having his direct descendant, his own blood play in my ensemble, and I played along with her uh so that was back in 2017. And I think the worst performance ever. Sometimes I just like to block that memory out. <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah.
4: But hmm. The worst performance ever. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I have to really think about that because there's that <laughs> and, like none comes to mind right now or else I'll get triggered.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you get triggered.
4: Yeah. Okay. I...
1: So I'm like thinking like um May I say you know, something?
2: Like... Sure. Yes, go ahead. Think... Oh yeah, since you mentioned the uh, Danny Kalanduyan, I also had a chance of being with him um, in San Francisco because I met him in the uh, during a concert in where is that? So, uh, concert I met. yeah, and I performed at the uh, Yosi's San Francisco with my uh this instrument borrowed an agon Mm -hmm. from him and Mm -hmm. the following day i went and we jumped we jumped over two and the other rhythms and yeah but it never realized because she died
4: yeah, one
2: thing uh, that's a one, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: yeah,
2: and I love Danny Calanduya.
4: Mm-hmm. We all do, he was a legend and a pioneer for coincide music in the United States. <laughs> I still miss him until now, yeah.
1: That is so awesome. Um. And so, like yeah. um, as Bernard was saying earlier, they had gangsters paradise, and now I'm thinking, what what would gangsters paradise sound like using kalintang, right? Oh what my god, so <laughs> that, that would, would be, be awesome! A cool
4: name by the way, we will probably be playing the kalintang to like Julio's, um,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: like as the baseline,
1: <laughs> right? That is so awesome. I mean, now I want like I want to hear what that would be like. <laughs> With you playing it. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Your ensemble playing it.
0: <laughs>
1: that is so fun. I mean, that would be so fun. And what accomplishments do you see yourself achieving in like five to 10 years? Anybody?
0: Eight. Oh. Hmm.
5: Does anybody have any plans? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, once the pandemic is over, me. once we're all out of lockdown, I what
0: are your plans? On travel
4: on tour. Yeah. I want to take yeah. them uh, on a tour. Or even travel back to the Philippines and perform in the ARM region at a festival. <laughs>
5: mm, that's right, right. that's
1: that's cool. Yeah. That is well, so awesome. Okay. Annie, do you have any plans? In the next five to no. ten years, future projects, uh, future
0: projects.
5: Say, uh, oh. I thought to uh, go, Winston, you were gonna say something. Na po. <laughs> Hi, can you hear us? Oh, okay, yeah, I know, she meditate. I'm going to, you know, my concert production uh, went to a halt, but I was already starting to tour more rather than just present here in LA. So I'm not going to rush it, but of course, you know, when the time comes, I hope that we can tour. Actually, there were tours in plans for the. for I think the fourth tour of the Ryan Kayableb Singers and then the acapellago uh, <laughs> group they wanted to come here and I was gonna take care of it. We usually have the Philippine Mandrigal Singers every two years. Um, and then I would do something else in between which would be a collaboration between the professionals and the kids who are learning uh, learning stuff. I hope to do that but I'm taking this time working more on recording so uh, doing more, and probably doing more instructional Filipino uh, uh, music, because uh, I'm a, I'm a music publisher, but what I publish is really these complicated choral music. So, and they usually be in demand when it's competition season, and I'll get a lot of calls that, oh, we need this music, we need that music, and all those things. But um, we, would, uh, we would then, um, I'd like to do more of that recording and doing more scores, music, music sheets that people can use. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) That is so cool. Um, And Dennis, do you have any plans in the next five to ten years, musically?
0: Dennis, you're you're on mute. Dennis.
4: Yeah. There you go. Um,
6: as far as music, uh, I'm still working my my band River. We're I'm still trying. We're still trying to push that forward. Uh, there's uh, we got the pandemic hit a bit, so it our traction kind of got derailed. But um, I've been doing a lot of uh, music, personal music projects, in uh, the uh, EDM space, um and i'm also trying to get my youtube channel up and running with also a podcast and music gear related stuff um music it will still be heavy heavy on music and i'm still going to uh pursue some kind of a uh, um to make a name for myself as a music producer uh, and mentor younger kids because now i'm collaborating with you know people (laughs) at my age um who are fantastic Already seasoned musicians,
0: mm-hmm.
6: um, but yeah, um, about maybe a few years from now. Make oh, hit in a bit, me. Yeah. our so, traction kind of got derailed. But um, I've been doing a musician, uh-huh. um, but yeah, um, about maybe a few years from now. Make hit oh, in a bit, yeah. myself, and our the- traction kind of got derailed. But um, Weird.
1: (laughs) Yeah, where did that come from?
6: That is weird. It's like hearing myself talk. It's crazy.
1: Where did that come from? Um, Yeah, I thought you were... (laughs) Um, And so now we have people saying we want to hear, they want to hear Gongsta of Paradise. (laughs) Isn't that cool? (laughs) Yeah, so maybe the next show, the next jam sessions we'll have some um, gong musicians, some kulintang musicians, mm. right? And um, hopefully we'll get to have a gamelan come in and, and do a mashup or something. <laughs> a mashup. And gongs to paradise. Um, so what's the best piece of advice like another musician ever gave you? Like anybody?
4: If you're ever part of an ensemble, you have to have commitment attitude, and talent. If neither one of those exists, everything else is useless. Or they'll kick you out. Yeah, words <laughs> of wisdom from the late Danny and Again, I reference him so much, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh.
5: So I, if we, uh, for example, I grew up with um, national artist, Andrea veneracion the founder of Philippine Magical Singers. What she would say is that no one is indispensable so you know you fix your attitude and you have to be on point with your skill because no one is indispensable
0: (laughs)
6: Mm -hmm. my my um my advice to uh especially the younger ones
0: is
6: also to be sorry is to to be around uh, uh, more um, seasoned musicians or wiser um, people so you, you could, um, you, could learn. you could learn and, and yeah. Yeah, they, they could mentor you and, and uplift your not just your music skills but also you as a person um, but if yeah if you're around those type of people then you will go. you move further as far as your uh, music career is concerned,
1: I think. Oh, we have someone watching from Tokyo. That is so awesome. Wow, Tokyo. Hello, Tokyo. Hi to Jake Regala from Tokyo. Um, And so, I just wanted to find out, like, do you have other hobbies or interests outside of music? I know everyone's Starts out with um, playing instruments as their hobbies, right? And then you all become like professional musicians. But outside of music and playing instruments, do you have any other hobbies? Gancilio.
0: Gancilio.
3: Gancilio? Crocheting. <laughs> sample, sample.
1: Sweater. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. That's my life.
0: Yeah,
1: so, um, Bernard or Dennis, what are your hobbies outside of music?
6: Um, Bernard? Um, really just, uh, not really a hobby, but more of dad duties. Always taking the kids out, you know, after a long day's work and you also you take care of your family and do your music and then the, the other times, maybe other hobbies maybe um not photography but i'm i'm a really really musician really, so uh it's something i'm really passionate about is it, uh, learning how to use piece of musical equipment um, so that's my yes. Yeah,
1: so, so you're like the quintessential audiophile, right?
6: <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's get in the way of being an artist because if you're the an artist and you're also kind of the recording engineer and also the IT guy, it it's hard, especially if you're on stage and then you hear something that's not working right, like like for instance, the guitar player's amp is not sounding good and it kind of kills your performance, <laughs> so. Um, yeah, those, those things that I, I'm struggling with, being the artist and also, so, like, your head.
1: So let's say you're recording a track. Like how many takes does it take I mean, to, re, you know, record a song or record parts of uh, a song? Like, for you, like, since you're an audiophile and you're into um, sound engineering, like, how many takes does it take? It all,
6: it all depends if you, if it's instrumental, like drums or guitar or bass or keyboards, you, have, you practice and then you, you record your best performance maybe one or two times, maybe three, and then you just pick the ones best. But for vocals, when you're the music producer, you're producing another artist or recording another artist, then you could be the shot caller uh, if you say, yeah, that's really good or... Mm-hmm. But if you're also the artist recording yourself, then you will really get sick of your own voice because you're listening to, to your voice singing over and over, and then you end up not liking a vowel or some consonant. In one session, you record it over and over again. But uh, that's what I struggle with as being a recording engineer and also singing for my own band.
1: That is so cool. I mean, yeah so sometimes it gets in the way right like it some it will take forever because you're the sound engineer you're the artist you're the one who's doing all of these production work
6: yeah right? the real the real way is really to have a producer to be the shot call and say you know what that was really good that's enough you know or otherwise we're going to be here all night but um <laughs> in, in our case like i said, like we become perfectionists in our own and we also in our case, kind of really don't like sometimes how you sing and then you just sing it better on another day or you just have on days or not and i'm sure the, the, the real vocalist in this group really, um, I'm, I'm still trying to uh to develop that skill as and, 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 uh, so, uh, a lyric writer because being an instrumentalist is also songwriting is also a different skill from playing the instrument mm. so and another skill is singing the song that you're writing that you have to develop and then recording it properly <laughs> so it, it's a vicious cycle of trying to get it right mm-hmm. sometimes it takes a year or two to even finish that whole album mm-hmm. a year or two to even
1: And. Um- so, what do, you, where do you see like Filipino Americans in the music industry? Has there been any change in terms of perception of Filipino Americans in the industry? Because I know like all of you represent, um, you know, different areas of the music industry, right? But. Um, Is there any kind of difference now that we have more representation? Um, You know, is there more work coming in or are we being more um, recognized out there? Um, What do you see out there in terms of the music industry and where you guys are in your different areas?
4: There's diverse subgroups or subgenres or I would say subcultures that are being formulated. You know, there's the YouTube sensations, There's the mainstream ones that are ending up in the Billboard Top 50. And then there's also the indie and then the underground hip-hop and alternative scene that's taking place. And then there's also, you know, traditionalists as well. But yeah, I think now through mainstream media and, yeah, social media, we're starting to gain more of a presence, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: I
4: would say. But it's still, like, all over the place.
6: (laughs) Yeah, yeah easy that, actually got it, got it down. So, yeah. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, because the availability is way different than it was before, and and yeah. now it's driven by taste.
0: Mm-hmm. And, uh,
5: nowadays, you know, I used to listen to the top forty because it was on the radio, and there was a show, and I could hear what it was. But probably if, if I could have heard a lot of independent um, musicians by that time, maybe the Bee Gees would have been, not been my favorite. Uh, Artist uh, at all, so there's really a change in the delivery of music, and then when it comes to, um, so you know the fan base can e- either be like too spread around, or that there's like a, like Bernard said, there's a subculture that's growing yeah. somewhere because it's really driven by those who appreciate whatever music is put out by uh, by anybody. So, but I would say uh, because I really, really work with uh, with Los Angeles County uh, County um, Commission for Culture and Arts because I want the Filipino to be represented. So, which is why I go. I used to go in partnership with the Ford Theaters and have shows there all the time because their concern is the diversity of the uh, ethnic landscape of Los Angeles. So they seek representation from all everyone who's in LA. So I really made it a point that I would have something there. So one time I featured Mon David, had the Haranaman's chorus, I had uh, the Philharmonic, and uh, I think last one was all the the female singers with me or the um, Luis Reyes. So just and with the with the Kayamanan ng Lahi, <laughs> and uh, and another dance room. So just trying to to bring everyone together. We still need that exposure, and I think we need. Um, We need support, we need fan support, but they wouldn't know what to support if they don't see it,
4: you know. We Uh we need a Filipino American Coachella,
1: (laughs) yeah, yeah, that's what I think.
4: Agreed, yep, yeah. I know FPAC does a great job, and then,
1: yeah,
4: I was gonna say, here in San Diego, (laughs) we we have uh, the Samahan Filipino American Performing Arts and Education Center, we have a Philippine Cultural Arts Festival where we try to invite you know different artists Mm -hmm. perform so our festivals are out there it's just you know need better promotion and then
5: yeah
4: (laughs) Yeah,
5: we need mick we need the champion to get the
1: funding Mm
0: -hmm. yes
1: i agree (laughs) of our conversation (laughs) yes that's always a, a top topic right like number one topic is funding how do we get funding so that we can show all of our different visual and performing arts. Um, And I do have one last question, like, um, and before I ask everybody, um, I just wanted to tell the viewers we do have a raffle um, that's going to happen really soon. So um, if you guys want to join the raffle, hashtag um, Mm IDream, that's the hashtag. And um, so my last question is, what would be your advice for our viewers who want to be musicians or who want to follow their dreams? Because, you know, a lot of times in like um, our parents' generations, it's always about becoming a doctor, an engineer, a lawyer, or something else, other than pursuing um, what we like. Right? So, what would be your advice? Who is brave enough to
5: start? <laughs> Oh, okay. So since I started talking, maybe I should just go talk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> well, usually when I, whenever I'm asked about anything uh, to uh, in that subject, I will always say learn how to cope because coping covers every everything. If you suck, practice cope. You know, you have to cope with the situation. If don't like, blame other people because you, you suck. Um, if in case there's a difficult situation where you can't memorize a song or whatever, you just have to cope with it. If there is a uh, usually in production there are issues, uh, let's say people are late, you just have to cope. And, uh, you know, and I always believe that anyone who's really a good musician doesn't need any extra assistance, like substances and stuff. If you need that, you're not coping. <laughs> You can't mm-hmm. deal with it. Probably is so I mean. Well, you know, I I know everyone's gonna get mad. Maybe just a little. You know, so you can be a little happy. But I would say you're not supposed to rely on it. Yeah, you you you, do, you can't be like creative because of something. Mm-hmm. You're creative if you're creative, and usually it's just because um, you can't cope with the situation that um, that makes you. Blame people for other things. It's really on you. And uh, I wish that um, parents would support their kids because music is just good for their soul and their heart. And if you have a well turned out kid, you know, they will fare in life better. It doesn't mean that they will all become superstars or all musicians, but just being having a skill in music will turn them out better.
1: Anyone else? Um, Any advice for
6: our viewers? Advice for the viewers, I would say if you want to pick up an instrument, um, if, let's say you're still a beginner or you always wanted to learn how the guitar or the piano, ask somebody from SoCal if they know a teacher <laughs> or, or who has the time. But uh, it's never too late, no matter how young or old you are. Um, just have the, the, the passion and the uh, the willingness to learn it and the patience—that's um, really, I feel, all you need to to become good at a, at a particular instrument. Um, so
4: that's all I have to say. <laughs> Anyone else? Definitely stick with your passion and put all of your heart into it. And the more you practice, and Sorry. the more, yeah, you put all your heart into it, people will notice you people will notice and you'll be recognized for all the work that you do
1: <laughs> that is so awesome and kuya winston do you um Mang winston do you have ad- advice for our viewers the frozen
6: by the way will there be a uh, where you can ask the, the your fellow artists here questions
1: yeah you could uh, actually you can
6: yeah, after this or I'm not sure
1: oh you can ask them during the show right or you want after um
6: yeah that might be better offline
1: <laughs> okay <laughs> okay I wonder what that is <laughs> okay um yes and so um are you guys ready for our raffle just I know someone is. I know. I know Arvin's ready for our raffles. So Sorry, um, towards, yeah, towards That's the hot. end of the show, we have raffles. Um, and I know, like one musician that we have um, is going to raffle off one CD. Um, mm-hmm. And so our first prize. Let me just tell everybody. Our first prize is one resume service, which is a ninety-dollar value from Johanna Kempsky. Of resume writer to the 2D rescue, um, so she's an HR professional and she um, does resume service and she can look over your cover letter and your LinkedIn profiles. Um, and her name is Joanna Kempsky, and so you can um, reach out to her directly on Facebook or Instagram um, at Resume Writer 2D mm-hmm. Rescue. Um, And our second prize is um, one choice of crafty DIY kit from James Madamba of Unique Gifts by B. James. And that's a $35 value. And you can choose either one of those designs. And, oh, my gosh. Okay, so raffle prize number three. Whoever Mm -hmm. gets this has to be the luckiest person because look at what you're getting. You get one dozen chocolate crinkles, one tiramisu cup one Brasso de Mercedes um, cupcakes, one Ferrero cup for uh, actually that's a $37 value um, from De Pabale of Experiment number 12. And then our fourth prize is from a fellow musician. His name is Luigi Sino. Um, This is his very first um, CD. It's called Stay in Love. And um, it's a $12 value from the Sino family. His dad um, is Chito and his mom is Helen Sino. And Helen Sino is a musical director at her church in um, Riverside. Um, and Luigi Sino is now known as the first Asian to do Afrobeat. So he has new stuff coming out. He actually has a YouTube channel, Luigi Sino. And um, yeah, oh my gosh, like if you hear his stuff, you'll be really amazed. Um, and, um, the fifth price that we have is one bottle of Moringa capsules. That's a $25 value from Aldrich Famisaran of VG Wellness. And, um, if you want health, wealth, and longevity solutions, go to their website, healthwealthlongevitysolutions.com and VG Wellness on Facebook as well. Um. And um, so our sixth prize is a raffle um, Raffle in um, collaboration with the team Sarisari raffle. So the Sarisari Filipino group um, is having a raffle, um, and it's their Bayanihan campaign raffle. And so I joined it. Um, so this one is from me. It's from the Hi-Fi Hedgehog gift shop. Um, that's my online gift shop. Um, we sell succulents. And... Um, awesome, unique gifts like this makeup blender cup with reusable straw. Um, it's a metal straw, and you can choose the flavor that you like. We have um, pink lemonade, berry, berry mocha latte, and matcha latte, and that's a $15 value. And this six, uh, seventh prize that we have is actually a gold sponsor advertisement package um, on our shows. That's the Mick Diaz Presents. So right now we have three shows each week. Um, So we're giving away a gold sponsor advertisement package. um, And that's a $30 value. Um, So we have a show on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Um, So are you guys ready? Let's get it on. Are you guys ready for the raffle? How awesome. Arvin, are you ready with the Wheel of Fortune?
3: Yep. Going to share my screen. Hold on a sec. There
1: we go. Ah. That is so awesome. So this is raffle prize number 1.
3: Okay, here we go. Good.
1: Ah, yay!
3: Buena mano for my lovely wifey.
1: <laughs> oh my god, Lenny Geronimo, congratulations. Um Congratulations, you won $190 resume review from Johanna Kempsky of Resume Writer 2D Rescue. <laughs> and our our second raffle is a um, one choice of crafty DIY kit from James Madamba. And so you'll get the entire kit um right there. And you have a choice of um either design. Okay, let's do this. Right, Are you guys ready? Go. Are you guys excited? At the shake. Woohoo! Congratulations to Shekinah Austria. Congratulations. Oh, and yes. <laughs> and so everybody, like um, those raffle winners will put you in a group chat together with the um raffle sponsors so that we can determine if um we're going to be picking up or delivering or shipping your raffle prizes. Um, so the third raffle prize is from De Pabale of Experiment Oy. Number Twelve, and that's wow. one dozen chocolate crinkles, that's... one tiramisu cup, one Brazo de Mercedes um, cupcakes, and one Ferrero cup, um, and that's from Experiment Number Twelve. Here we go. Rap
5: Hello! At the end,
3: by a hairline.
0: Uh,
1: At the Mariano <laughs> Moranturiano Venaventura is the winner of the raffle number three from Dave Pabale of right. Experiment number 12. Um, and the fourth prize is one CD from. Someone has a call and a phone call. <laughs> Hello,
3: you're live.
1: Someone's calling us. Yeah, cause um we uh so this one is one Stay in Love CD by mm-hmm. Luigi Sino, which is a twelve dollar value from the Sino family. <clears throat> so we actually have a phone line that people can call. That's oh. why I'm like, is someone calling us? <laughs> Are you ready, Arvin?
3: All right. Let's do it.
0: Jennifer.
1: Jennifer Alfonso Lee, you won a CD from um, Luigi Sino, which is uh, actually, yeah, this one right here that I have right here. Yeah. It's an awesome CD. And... Actually, um, the saxophone player of South Border played on one of those tracks, on the very first track in that album. Yeah, so, let then see Rick Hunasa. Um, and let me see. So the next price is one bottle of Moringa capsules from Aldrich Framisaran of VG Wellness. And you can find all of the information about um, their products at www.healthwealthandlongevitysolutions.com
0: All right, here we go.
1: Gemma Yay, Cruz Bergstrom. Congratulations, Gemma.
5: From FACC GLA. From
1: Hi, FACC. <laughs> Congratulations. Congrats. And our raffle prize number six. And this is a collaboration with Team Sari Sari Raffle. Um, it's one makeup blender cup with a reusable cup and metal straw from me. Um, that's my store, the Hi Fi Hedgehog. Um, yes. Um, and it's a $15 value, and you can choose the flavor that you like. Very berry, matcha, latte, mocha latte, or um, uh, pink lemonade.
3: Yeah. All right, here we go.
1: Awesome. This is raffle prize number six. Woo-hoo! Congratulations, Dorothy <laughs> Pasamba. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you're so lucky <laughs> um so congratulations and raffle prize number seven um so whoever wins this um either have to be a business owner with something <laughs> that something you're selling sell. or yeah like um to advertise so it's a what, one gold sponsor advertisement package for a 30 dollar value um that's um three shows Um, for one week. So, um, let's do this. This is raffle prize number seven.
0: All right, here we go.
1: So, Mylene Canteras, congratulations. Congratulations to all of our winners. Um, We'll be putting you in a group chat um, so that We can determine how to fulfill your raffle prize. Congratulations, everybody. And to our guests, thank you so much um, much, for spending your time with us and sharing with us your wisdom and all of your experiences on being musicians and how each of you uplift the Phil Am community in your own way as musicians. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Thank
1: you. you. And do you have any... Yeah, do you have any last words for our viewers before we all go? I'm hungry. Me too. I'm hungry just seeing the cupcakes.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
6: Maybe shout outs?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah go, go for it. Yeah, go
6: for it. Oh, just uh, hi to my kids who are watching downstairs.
0: <laughs> hi. hi. Hi, kids. My friends who are
6: watching as well. Uh, shout out to all of you my band river uh dale and francis and um the people that i've collaborated with and thank you again mick for for inviting me in with this panel because i feel like i'm the only one who, who's not legit uh, but i'd like oh. to get to become friends with everyone because i want to talk to henny and also to bernard and oh
5: sure we we start off you're legit
6: um, so legit
5: this is a really
6: great uh, show that you have. Thank you so much yeah, for so
1: thank, thank you so much, everybody. And once again, um, let's all thank Annie. Um, I know the Filipino-American Chamber of Commerce is having their um, anniversary conference soon on March 17th. So that's something that we should all look out for. Yeah. And Annie and I are actually collaborating on a show so that's going to happen really soon um and, yeah <laughs> it's coming up really soon um
0: tomorrow and thank you
1: so much yeah that's tomorrow, right. <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> no I'm like like 2 weeks from now um and thank Not you so. bernard yeah thank you bernard for um we look thank forward you. to your gongsta yeah. paradise. Well, Every, yes. A lot of people are asking now. <laughs> it's so, oh, it's so funny. Me. I'll let you know
4: about our performances and our festivals in Samahan. We have a few coming up. Sana, uh, in person tayo. <laughs> yeah,
5: yeah. Hopefully.
1: at
4: the end of this year or in the middle of this year, Sana. <laughs>
1: yeah, I actually, I'm actually excited because I like kulintang music and gamelan music. Mm-hmm. yeah I, I'm really into that stuff so yeah someday okay. hopefully like, across my fingers you'll we'll feature that in the show yeah yeah and of course thank you so much to Dennis um, for being with us and I think we lost um, man Winston
0: <laughs>
3: yeah
1: so thank you so much to Winston Raval. also thank yeah. you so much
3: by the yeah. way Dennis, I'll say hi to Jet because he's your idol huh he's my mm-hmm. matchmate actually
1: Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> classmate
3: ni Kuya Ed. We not classmate. Iba Pero batchmate kami Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, so once again, thank you so much, everybody. And don't forget, tomorrow at 8 o'clock, we have the jam sessions. Um, Same time, same place here at McDeas Presents. And tomorrow, we're having a hip-hop show. And yeah. we're featuring Robert Perez, Claire Perez, his wife, and Alex Williams trio so they're a trio and they're going to be doing lo-fi hip hop and we're featuring um, some of our black um black brothers from our um from the east coast and the south um, so we have um, creative mindframe um, who's actually he actually um he's a saxophone player and rapper but one thing New that just happened a couple of days ago, he's actually gonna be an American Ninja Warrior. Um, wow. so that's something wow. that he's doing, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's like awesome. Um, and we have Kadesh Flow, who's a trombone player and rapper. And our headliner is gonna be Substantial, who's actually the um ambassador for hip hop for the U.S. State of um, Secretary of State. Um, and he has been in a um. Um, several of Nuj- Nujabes' albums. And so Nujabes is, a, is considered one of the godfathers of lo-fi hip-hop along with Jay Dilla. And so he's going to they're going to be performing and they're all part of the Nerdy People of Color Collective and their advocacy is to really have more representation in the animation industry and the video gaming industry. So um, they're going to be performing for us in honor of Black History Month and to celebrate the life of um, one of the Godfathers of Lo-fi Hip Hop because it's his death anniversary next week, um, so that's something that we're doing tomorrow. Um, yeah, and so at Mick Diaz Presents, you know, we always feature um, people from our Philam community as well as musicians and performers from all kinds of places, from different areas and backgrounds. Um, so once again, thank you everybody, and see you tomorrow at eight o'clock.
4: Thank bye. you,
0: everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye, bye. 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 Bye.